and welcome to Calder's Calling, AHL News Now's flagship podcast and your premier destination for everything surrounding the American Hockey League. For those of you who listened, subscribed, and downloaded our first episode, we thank you and welcome you back to episode two. For those of you just joining us, we welcome you to the podcast and invite you to check out episode one, where we discussed a variety of topics and even interviewed Scott Housen, president of the NHL. You can find it visually on YouTube, on Spotify with just audio, and anywhere else you can find podcasts. In the next half hour, give or take, we invite you to join us as we dive deep into the heart and soul of the AHL, where future NHL stars are born and the passion for hockey runs just as deep as the ice itself. Before we get started, I'd like to thank our show sponsor, Document Doctors. While not on the ice, they can help you and your business optimize and increase your revenue and profits to a bigger slice. Check out documentdoctorsllc.com, and don't forget to mention that AHL News Now sent you to them. This week, unfortunately, we're at 75% as we're missing Corey Swartz this week, but not to worry, he'll be back this week. I'm Xander Manning, and I'm joined by Dina Weinheimer and Jacob Forrester. Dina and Jay, how are you guys doing tonight? I'm amazing. I am doing okay over here. <laughs> well, let's get started right away. We'll get started with our three stars of the week. Let's let's start with you, Jay. Who who are you looking at as your three stars? My first star is uh, Trafik Swansky of the Cleveland Monsters. Uh, had a three point night in the opener for the Monsters and has, I believe. Five points on the weekend so far, which is, or not the weekend so far, on the season so far, uh, five points in two games is, uh, seems pretty good to me. He obviously was the Monsters MVP last season, and it looks like he is getting ready to go for another MVP caliber season. Definitely unfortunate for Corey when he start when he watches this tomorrow, as he did do that against Lehigh. Uh, it's all good, but I need to just chime in there about Trefix Wolanski. Um, I am the, uh, Jay calls me the like president and founder of the Trefix Wolanski fan club, but he is so close to taking literal franchise records in all major scoring categories. Like he could do it this season for the Cleveland Monsters. So keep an eye out for him. He may be one of our stars this week, but you're going to hear that name again. That is if he doesn't get called up. You never know. <laughs> don't don't put that into the universe, please. Well, Dina, who do you who do you have as your stars this week? Well, I honestly, um, I know we're going to go through like our official three stars, but I have to give a huge shout out here to Taro Hirose from the Grand Rapids Griffins. So, Taro. On the very first game, you can see it on this tweet right here. Turns on the Jets, hit the back of the net on a breakaway, only seven seconds into the third. When it came to this opening series against the Colorado Eagles, which was, I believe, the first time that the two teams have had ever met. Taro, Taco, uh, just look at that breakaway. He is so integral to this Grand Rapids Griffins team and that performance put him as my honorable mention for this week. It's just a beautiful goal. I mean, Oh, it is. I told you guys this last week after off the air, but I'll, I'm going to tell you guys on the air that I'm a huge goalie person. My honorable mention this week is Yuri Patera from the Henderson silver Knights. Um, normally it's, just a goalie, but I, I'm looking at this also from the angle of this being their second year in the league. Um, he's He did allow five goals over the weekend, but he has 61 saves in two games and has a 2.5 goals against average, which through two games is pretty impressive to me. Not too shabby. <laughs> it's okay, <laughs> I guess. No, it's all right. Else. All right, so who wants to go first with their official two stars to round it out, or their official three stars, whatever we're looking at? Well, I'll just go ahead with one here, and 
that is going to be Sheldon Rempel, Henderson Silver Knights. And we got a clip here of just an absolute rocket of a wrist shot here. And yeah, Henderson Silver Knights making some, some moves to start. We could see them do some amazing things there. I'm going to reserve comment on the helmets. Um, <laughs> but look at this. Look at this wrist shot. Comes back in. And up. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. I promise. This is a long clip. And through traffic. There you go. Now he's on my list as well. And I agree that is a beautiful wrist shot i i'm assuming you don't like the helmets but by what you're saying i have some very very strong feelings about henderson's helmets but i'll save that for a more fashion forward show okay and who do you have at the top uh, for me at the top, um, can I steal Trey Fix Wolanski or can I just like give the entire league um, one? Because I'm so glad that hockey's back. It's so great to see the timelines filled with AHL action, NHL action, uh, ECHL pregames. I'm just excited that hockey's back and we're playing meaningful games. Well, Jay, it's your turn. Uh, so my other... One of my other stars of the game is, uh, we're going to go back to the goalies. Uh, Matt Valalta, formerly of the uh, Ontario Reign, is now with Tucson. Uh, allowed three goals on 63 shots uh, over two games this weekend. Uh, and is 2-0, and has a 9.52 save percentage. Um, he's having a real nice start to the season. I was a big fan of his in Ontario. Kind of bummed that they uh, lost him to Tucson, but uh, excited to see him having success. Uh, and then my other pick is uh, Joey Anderson of the Rockford Ice Hogs, a uh, veteran for the team, had, I believe, a four-point night uh, in the 7-2 win over the San Jose Barracuda on Friday night and then uh, scored, uh, got another assist uh, for a five-point weekend in the second game that weekend. Uh, just a, a really, really nice uh, weekend from... Joey Anderson made some really, really nice plays, like the one that you can kind of see right now. Like I watched that pass happen and just was like, oh yeah, that's that's going to go in the net. So I, uh, I cheering for the other team, obviously, but that was just a real nice play for him to make. Can we just wait for, okay, just once this clip comes back to the beginning, we just need to watch this whole setup because I think you could have given props to literally anybody on the ice for the ice hogs at this point like look at the player just walk the blue line nice crisp passing great communication everyone is where they need to be that is a power play yeah it was it was a really really solid power play um and then he did the same thing again on the second goal just at even strength uh, but from the other side of the net so it was uh, just a really impressive weekend all around from joey anderson if you ask me and can we just talk about two? It was only seven seconds into the power play. That, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they weren't messing around. That's the more impressive part about it to me too. Is he, they win the face off, they go right at him, they go to the net. They don't even give San Jose a chance to even touch the puck, let alone clear it. It's just pass, 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 pass. Boom, goal, done. Just it's absolutely beautiful. beautiful. It is. Well, Jay, you stole my second star. My second star was Matthew Villalta as well. Again, great stuff in net. Um, but my number one star, again, also was Sheldon Rempel, so it was stolen again. But it's a good thing that we're on the same page. I mean, you, you can't you can't have complete unique lists, especially this early in the season. But to go off about Rempel, three goals, two assists, five points, two games. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous numbers. That's all it really is. And he currently has the league lead in points. Well, he's also tied with Trey Fix, Wolanski, Ruslan Ishkakov, Nick Robertson, Joey Anderson, Brian Pinho, and Jeremy Poirier. But whenever you pull it up on the website, he is in the lead because he does have more goals in it than anybody else in that category. So 
I, I guess that's the tiebreaker. Yeah. So, it, obviously, there's only been two games played for each team so far, but let, let's talk about what surprised you guys, what didn't really surprise you so far. Uh, can I just say, just from a Cleveland Monsters standpoint, I am shocked that they, or I guess, okay, so with the Hershey Bears who Cleveland faced, I am beyond shocked that Hershey was shut out for their banner raising, their season opener. They were, it, I just don't know how that happened. With that team and all that, it's just, mm, but then of course they exacted revenge on the Cleveland Monsters the very next day. So that shocked me. Corey would definitely be going on a bit of a rant right now if he was here. <laughs> we can probably safely assume that. Just a little bit. But yeah, I'm also uh, in the knocked shocked category. I'm not shocked that the Syracuse Crunch are 2 0. Uh, you know, look at their goaltender, uh, Mr. Pyotr Kachekov and Hugo Alnafelt. Um, but I am very much surprised that the Grand Rapids Griffins went 2-0. So great for them. And yeah, but it's still very early to, to, to tell, but that would be mine for week one. Um, I have a couple of, of surprises, but I am going to save them for later because that's kind of what I want to talk about Okay, today. So my surprise is the what one thing I'm first of all I'll just say what I'm what I'm am surprised by is Hartford sweeping the weekend. I, I will be writing about this on AHLnewsnow.com tomorrow. Um I didn't expect Hartford to come out firing the way they did. Yes, they do have two very solid goaltenders, they do have a very solid roster that could be in the NHL for most of them. But I I didn't see them coming out and putting their stamp on the league so fast after, I mean, they did make it to the Eastern conference finals last year, but they're a team that I expected to kind of lose a little bit of that momentum coming into the season. Um, what I wasn't surprised by, unfortunately was Springfield going one-on-one. I, I, I don't, their goaltending is really going to need to be what's key this season. And I didn't really see much out of them this this weekend. I saw Malcolm Subban putting up a fight against Hartford, and I didn't see Jarenko doing anything special really against Providence. I'm just having flashbacks to last season with Hartford where it's like, okay, they look good, they look good, then they fell off a cliff, and then all of a sudden they came back. It was like, oh, here's the wolf pack that we knew. <laughs> It's what we knew a few years ago, but didn't see. I feel like yeah. last year it's like it's like okay, yeah, this this is what we see, but it's not producing. So, should we get to our power rankings? Um, sure. <laughs> I'm going to be winging this we'll, one. <laughs> well, we'll just go with our top five this week, since obviously it's it's early in the season. So it's kind of too early to go with the full 32 or so teams. Um, in no particular order, some people are going to be wondering why I'm saying Tucson, but I was actually impressed by Tucson's play this past weekend. And I don't feel like that organization gets enough love, but whenever you have Shane Doan's son coming in, <laughs> Scoring his very first goal, it's just a special story. So if nothing else for that storyline, they're going to be in there. Um, the Grand Rapids Griffins, pleasantly surprised uh, with how they started. A lot of solid vets and players on that team. They're in my top five. Um, I'm going to give it to the uh, Syracuse Crunch again. I mean... They're 2-0. Um, 
seeming to do pretty good with the penalty minutes and all of that. It'll be interesting to see what happens whenever uh, the goaltending situation changes. Uh, that's four. I'm going to put Hartford in there. And then I'm also going to give some love to the Belleville Senators. Just for some extra North Division, you know, shout outs there. All right. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, some of the same teams. Uh, the Canucks, the Abbotsford Canucks, I think, had an exceptionally good weekend. Grand Rapids as well. Uh, the San Diego Gulls, uh, a 2-0 on the season, which I think surprised literally everyone in the world, especially because they don't have Lucas Dostal anymore. Um, how many is that? Three. Uh, I'm also going to give the Roadrunners uh, their props. I think they had, again, a really good season, a really good season opener on the back of uh, Matt Valalta. And I am going to give a shout out to the Toronto Marlies, I think, uh, even though they had a massive lead and then managed to lose that somehow. Uh, I think they look real good to start the season. I don't think I- they want to talk about it. No, they probably don't. Definitely not. I for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Jay. I agree with you on on the Canucks. Definitely an impressive goal margin too. Um, eleven goals for eleven seven goals against. Um, my other is obviously in no particular order. I'm gonna go with the Henderson Silver Knights. Eleven goals five against. That's just ridiculous, especially. I'm factoring in the road factor here as well. They had to travel all the way to Iowa for this one. That That's a bit of a hike for them to pick up two wins. Um, I'm going to give Hartford some props as well. Sweep in the weekend. Six goals, three assists. It's er, Three goals against. It's not exactly the most impressive goal margin, but it's still two wins. Nothing to sneeze at. Um, I'm going to give props to the Syracuse Crunch, 2-0 and on the weekend. And I'm going to go with the Grand Rapids Griffins as well, 2-0 and on the weekend. And they had eight goals and only allowed four themselves, 22 penalty minutes in two games. That's an average of 11 per game. I mean, that's that's beautiful. And, of course, Dina, I know you had – a few words off the air about Libor Hayek and joining Scranton. Love to hear your thoughts on this one. Yeah, I mean it's a nice signing. Um, I mean, the Penguins' new general manager in Kyle Dubas. He is making all sorts of kinds of news and just a lot of news all around for the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins today. So they get a nice defensive signing in in Libor Hajek, and then they're getting some further possible assistance on the blue line. Um, kind of going to jump ahead a little bit with Jack Rathbone being traded to the Penguins with forward Carol Plasek from the Canucks in exchange for Mark Friedman and Ty Glover. I just enjoy Jack Rathbone's play. I haven't been able to see uh, Hajek really play, but, you know, when it comes to uh, – my beat with the, being the, the Cleveland Monsters, I will see plenty of them. So I'm excited to start seeing more, more of these players here. I mean, I personally am excited to not have to deal with Jack Rathbone eight times a season. So that's another subject I have very strong feelings about, but I'm excited to be able to watch him play more. I'm not looking forward to him being in my division, but it will, it'll definitely make things interesting and maybe make it more competitive this season. I mean, of course, the Atlantic's always a competitive division, but with how much that the Penguins do play, maybe the Central or maybe the North, it's definitely going to make things a lot more interesting this year. Um, and I know you also mentioned Gavin Bayrother before the show, Dina, being yeah. out long-term for Texas. That's definitely going to play a big part in Texas this season. Yeah, and Gavin Bayreuther had been with with the, 
you know, in the STARS organization before he is a defenseman. Um, but unfortunately, on the very first game of the season, had a, an injury and the team announced that he's going to be out long term, again, suffering an ankle injury. He against that uh, game against Tucson, he did undergo ankle surgery on Tuesday, um, assuming all of that went well, uh, but it's going to be a while until he he comes back. So definitely sending all of our best wishes to Gavin um, and just hoping for a very smooth recovery. So with that, we'll get into our special seg- our specific segments, rather not special. <laughs> they are special, but... I mean, they can be both. <laughs> our special... Si- our significant segment. There we go. We'll say that. We'll go with significant. Jay, um, you said you were going to talk about your surprise starts to the season. What, what, what surprised you so far? Yeah, I wasn't sure what I was going to talk about, and then I took a quick peek at the standings and was like, oh, a bunch of teams that I expected to win didn't, and a bunch of teams that I expected to lose also didn't. Um, so, like, the biggest one for me is the um, San Diego Gulls, who were just god-awful last season. Like, I uh, were they? I don't remember if they were 32nd in the league, but they were They were right down there. Um, and they're 2-0 right now. Uh, they've got Alex Stalock, veteran goalie, who uh, is 1-0, made 40 saves on 41 shots for his game with uh, San Diego, and the other goalie uh, did very well as well, beating uh, local rivals, the Ontario Reign, um, who are 0-2, which I also didn't expect because they got a lot of reinforcements from the Kings, who are kind of in a weird logjam with forwards right now so they have a, t- a ton of forwards that they just said down to the rain and they uh oh there you go thank you dina uh yeah they were 32nd in the league uh which i believe is the first time in ahl history that a team has finished in the, the third like, bottom of the standings in the ahl and the nhl obviously the ducks finished 32nd in the nhl last season so i was not expecting them to do basically anything this season but they seem to be they seem to be making a good go of it. Um, so like that's that's my biggest surprise really. Um, Laval going zero and two surprised me as well. Uh, that is a team that is stacked, and I don't understand why they're struggling. Like I assume maybe goaltending is an issue for them there because I believe Caden Primo is up in the NHL right now. Um, but they've got such a good roster um, that it's seeing them not come out of the weekend with any wins was a real a real surprise um my other like surprise uh i think again vaguely surprised by the roadrunners um surprised by uh calgary who are not looking as aggressively dominant as they were last season um they haven't lost a ton of guys uh, i guess matthew phillips really was kind of a load-bearing player for that team but they still have dustin wolf um, obviously, they're out with, uh, they've lost Jacob Pelletier, but I was expecting them to be way more dominant than what I saw from them this weekend. Um, and I think that's kind of all my, all my surprises. Um, pleasantly surprised by the Cleveland Monsters deciding to, uh, be personally offended by the, um, the Hershey Bears in their in their season opener, but I'm not mad about it. So hopefully they can kind of keep building, despite the fact that they're probably going to lose a couple of players to Columbus sooner rather than later. Oh, yeah. why does this keep getting put into the universe? Did something happen today that I'm not aware of? Uh, well, the team was real bad against Detroit. Well, so I'm other than that, there was a full moon to... last weekend. Yeah. I don't know if that would affect what you're saying, Jay. Also, I don't think you're getting David Yerichek back. Sorry about it. Well, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, I am so excited for for David Yerichek. Let him live his best life in Columbus as long as they are actually playing the young man because there's so much depth on Cleveland's defensive list. And yeah, but that came out sounding very like... That's fine. I don't want him. Like, no, that is the complete opposite. I am very, very excited for him. It was more of a good for him, but yeah, the monsters aren't going to play well now. Yeah. 
Yes, but, they I mean, will. That, yes, that's, they will. The, that's the goal of the league, to get them up to the NHL. Yes, absolutely. That's why I'm happy for them. A double, double-edged sword, I guess. Arguably, he never should have been down there in the first place, but that's a whole other thing that we won't get into right now. Um, I think that's all of my surprises. I'm sure by the time we roll back around to recording this next week, there will be even more weirdness that has happened, but those were the ones that kind of really stood out. Like San Diego, especially, was the one that I was like, what the heck? I will say San Diego did surprise me as well, coming out 2-0 on the weekend. I mean, who, who did they play this weekend? I'm like That's right. You just said it. I mean, it maybe the travel played into it that they didn't have to travel very far to start the season. Um, but it's it's nice to see them coming out 2-0 after finishing in dead last last year. I mean, not just dead last. What I say tw- in our chat, 20, 20 points behind the 31st place oh, it, Anderson yeah, they were, they Silver Knights. It was terrible. And meanwhile, Ontario last season was... Uh, Ontario I was cannot, average last season. Okay, they were yeah, really they, good the season before, and then they've slowly been backsliding. Yeah, I was looking for them at the upper part of the Western Conference. I'm like, well, where are they at? I'm like, oh, they're down at the bottom of those that clinched. They mm-hmm. went 34, 32, 5, and 1 for 74 points. But that's still 31 points ahead of San Diego. Mm-hmm. What happened to Ontario in the offseason? Well, they lost their starting goalie to Tucson. I think is probably a part of it. <laughs> well, that'll that'll do. That'll uh, I will do say things. one thing that did surprise me as well was the goal differential for Iowa over the weekend. I mean, you were talking about Henderson. Five goals for in two games and 11 goals against. That's, I mean, Iowa's more of, it, they're basically just funding Minnesota at this point, but that that's not a good start to the season. It's not a good way to build any sort of winning culture there. Now I'm trying to find out where their goalie is on this list, and I guess he's not on the list because, as far as I am aware, they have um, Jesper Wallstedt, who is, for my money, the best um, goalie prospect in the league. Apparently, he has had a bit of a shocker. Um, oh, no, he's, he's, he's doing okay. He had uh, three three goals on twenty two shots in one in one of his games, uh, and then Zane McIntyre uh, allowed six goals on fifteen shots in his game. Zane McIntyre—that's a name I haven't heard yikes. in a while. So yeah, rough rough start for Iowa, but they'll they'll pull it back. I think they've got the they've got the talent for it. They've got you know the goaltending. I am I am not worried about Iowa, but I was also kind of mildly surprised by that it's more of just a shock than it is uh oh boy they're screwed (laughs) and the funny thing is by this time next week we could be looking at it as pick team that is currently 2-0 could be 2-2 and and one of the teams that are at the bottom could also be 2-2 and the standings are all jumbled that's oh, the sure. fun part of this early in the season is like, oh, so they have played one at the absolute most two opponents. Some of these teams haven't even had preseason games. The thing How is, much can the, we really judge? To overreact to two games worth of data. And I am oh, counting I love myself it. among that, <laughs> um, as is evidenced by uh, an episode of Locked on Blue Jackets earlier this week. But um, it's, it's, it's fun to overreact a little bit, I think. I... I, it's going to be two, three weeks before we get any kind of workable data, but many I, mean, I feel like that's the point this early in the season to overreact. Oh my gosh, Laval has a zero per zero points percentage. Let's blow up the team. <laughs> Trade everybody! To us, is my argument. Um, Sure. Before we move on to our next topic, I have some more information to share about our sponsor, Document Doctors. Is your business growing beyond the four walls of your office? As business grows, so do the challenges of keeping people trained, safe, and supportive. Document Doctors, a proud sponsor of their Callings podcast and AHL News Now, offers affordable solutions to help optimize your business and keep the good times rolling. 
They offer content-focused solutions such as training, document creation, back-office process optimization, policy and procedure management, and much more. Support the podcast and AHL News Now by visiting them at documentdoctorsllc.com. And don't forget to mention us when talking to their team of contentologists. Shop and support small businesses today. Now, Dina, you want to talk about players who got their first professional goals over the weekend. What yes. Do you got for us? And I will say that I am shocked um, by the number of players that got their first either professional goal or first North American AHL goals over the first weekend. So we had games, what, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I keep getting a different count every time I do this. At one point, it was 15, then it was 20, then I counted again, and it was 17. But still, I, whenever I thought, okay, this would be a great segment for the podcast to talk about, I thought there'd be five, six, not double digits. Not double digits. So, yeah, and then there were some. I mean, of course, we just talked about Joshua Wall, you know, 11-23 into his AHL career, gets a goal against Abbotsford. Then you have Bre- Brennan Othman with two goals on Friday for the Wolfpack versus Providence. Both power play goals, one of them being the game winner with less than three minutes to go. I mean, come on, clutch, clutch. You could not get a better performance than that. Uh, Nikita, try that again. Nikita Chibikrov opened a very, you know, a very unassuming dump in and then the puck just bounces on Dustin Wolf. And it's just like, uh, you know, he's practically halfway across the rank and it happens. I mean, just another a few shout outs, Kyle McDonald, Josh Doan, um, Tucson on Friday, Ryder Rolston for Rockford in a seven to two win over San Jose. Um, John Farinacci, Zachary Bolduc in the Providence and Springfield game, Ryan Francis. I just want to give a special shout out to him because this is his third season, his 10th game across three seasons, finally getting his very first goal in San Diego versus Ontario. But I have a nice um, presentation to share with the class here where I have compiled all of these goals together so you can watch them see the call or hear the call I guess and yeah so just enjoy this I just got to pull it up here and it disappeared on me one second it changed folders there we go Heinemann ne parvient pas à tirer. Roy reprend au cercle. Joshua Roy se retourne. La remise pour Heinemann. À la remorque à Roy. Belle fin. Dans l'autre Le tir est le Joshua Roy marque son premier but chez les professionnels. Here's Brodzinski. One more. Hoffman, he scores! Grab the puck. The first American Hockey League goal for Brennan Hoffman. By Lundmark. Puck comes loose. Lucius onto it. Moves it ahead for Chibrikov. And he'll just flip it down. Weird bounce. He scores! That's the weird bounce one. That one is so fun to watch. And the Moose have won the big lead. This is John. Back down low. Unique. Tries to center. Don't. Puck loose in front. The crease. It's in. They score! The Ryan Runners on a two-cent electric power play. Take a 2-1 lead off of the draw. Jam it. Josh Dode makes it. 2-1. Run Runners. Bixel at the blue line. Rips the shot. He scores! And Texas has a very loud goal horn. It's a beautiful goal game. Kyle McDonald has his first professional goal. Rolston keeps this play in the offensive zone here for the Ice Hogs. Uh, Rolston doesn't have any points yet. That's produced a couple of scoring chances, and there he capitalizes on one. Oh, it's the reverse jinx. Ryder Rolston gets his first pro goal. That's a beautiful call right there. Attention, revirement, échappé McDonough qui couche le gardien, le but. 
Aiden McDonough laissé complètement seul dans l'enclave. Mais où était la défensive là-dessus? Attiré par la rontine. Kicked out of the dock. Barracuda win the draw. Quick shot. Cardwell block. Second attempt on the backhand. Sneaks it through the five-hole. And Ethan Cardwell has his first in the American Hockey League. Here is a one-timer coming through. They score! The first as a center for Nicola Mottenpolo. Great, but here on the ice, it, it didn't work out that way, at least in game one. Out in front of the goal, Wilson hands it off to Amala. Has his first career professional goal, Samu Duamala on the power play. Unique, left wing side for Samper, gun through to the net. Dylan works, and he scores! And the Red Runners take a 1-0 lead, Dylan Gunther getting his first. 11, off the faceoff, Roadrunners have it. Gunther drops it back. Zuber throws it in, they score! And the Roadrunners take a 2-0 lead right off the faceoff. Maxi Zuber gets that one through. That's three for Tucson. Here's a feisty customer as well. Here it was a shooter, and it was a bad save for Gahagan. Turnover, Belleville, Gendron, score! Stuffed it in front. Merkulov spins it. One-timer Lysel deflection. Save Varenko, but the rebound rolls home. I'm not sure who got the last stick on it in deep near the crease, but Farinacci and Enzo were both there. We'll see who gets the credit. For the that was ultimately Farinacci's. And now Regula lost it in center. Here comes Bolduc. A two-on-one. Bolduc shoots. He scores! Shalgren getting it back out. Clifford going to hand this one over to Miller's under flight. Ticked up and scores. Ryan Torberg got a piece of that one out front, looks like. Torberg's first goal as a Toronto Marley. That's a. On the near boards behind the net. Lapierre, the only returner on this line, trying to go back to the point. Did Miro Stachenko black, but sent to the goal. Deflection. Score! On the knockdown. Let it go from the point. We'll lift it down the ice. Knocked down by Carrick, taken away by the rain, up the left side, Pinelli centers, SCORE! Ryan Francis from Francesco Pinelli! Out to the right point, Hines to Howe, rich shot, they SCORE! Howe floats it towards the net, it goes off the body of Ben King, and in his first AHL game, he's got his first AHL goal. In front of the Gulls bench will be brought in by Gauthier on the right side. Numbers in front, dishes that way. Bouncing puck, Jug Caulfield wide open on the back, and he scores! Judd Caulfield, his first AHL goal, tucks it on the back end and over David Riddick. The Gulls have their first lead, 3-2. to two. And what I love about all that is, first of all, we get a really great view on... Or, like we can look at all of the different goal celebrations, the goal horns, listen to all the different play-by-play -play guys, but also all the different styles that these goals were scored in. Like there were some, like the one, it was just an innocent dump in from basically center ice, bounces a little crazy, goes in. Some are these amazing breakaways. Some are tip-ins. Some are uh, just staying Staying on the puck, you know, keeping after it, getting down low and battling. But what a weekend for the Tucson rookies. That was, what, three? Three of them? That was amazing. A solid weekend for AHL rookies all around. Congratulations to all of those young people for getting that huge milestone. I hope their teammates went and got the puck for them. I'm sure they did. And I'm looking forward to a lot more firsts to come. But that was a lot more than I expected. That took 90 minutes to research all those clips, pull all the clips, and then splice them all together. And props to you for putting it together. It looks great. Yes. Thank you. I am not a professional editor by any means, but Camtasia made it work. Not sponsored, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no sponsorship there. <laughs> I wish. That'd be nice. But... I mean, also two goals for Laval, I'm not Laval rookies, Lehigh Valley rookies as well. 
just all around. It was great. You know, good job for, for all of them. And yeah, I think rookies might be the category to watch this season in the AHL. I'm definitely watching this week. That's for sure. I want to give shout outs as well to uh, some goalies that made their pro debuts. Uh, Drew Comesso for Rockford um, had a 9.44 save percentage in his debut against the Barracuda. Uh, Georgi Romanov had a 9.29 in his season debut against Rockford. Those were two different games. Um, but I also want to give a shout out to Sebastian Cossa, uh, who is, I believe, not making his debut, but is still in his rookie season. He spent last year in the ECHL. I believe he played, uh, yeah, he played three games last season so this is not his debut but season debut his fourth ever uh ahl game made 41 saves for a 953 save percentage so you know gotta give gotta give props to the goalies as well as the goal scorers because who would i be if i wasn't doing that i'm glad you brought that up because i was looking at looking into the goalies and then i saw how long the segment was was gonna go i'm like "Mm, hopefully somebody just picks up what i've inconspicuously dropped so i knew i could count on you for the goalies i always like yeah if there's a goalie to be talked about i'm your guy you and me both jay you and i are the suckers for the goalies what can i say i mean you are a goalie so the shoe fits i'm a wannabe goalie but not an actual goalie i do not have the knees to be a goalie i can skate backwards pretty well though i guess i'd be the defenseman of the group there you go and Corey would be the forward we got our team, sort of. We got a whole line. <laughs> we got a penalty kill. <laughs> oh, that would be a rough penalty kill, only having we, two skaters. <laughs> but we have two goalies, so I think we're okay. Well, I, I could, I guess I could be a forward. There I we mean, go. I'll, I feel a little bit better about this. <laughs> Corey would probably take the face-offs, and I'll take the wing. We need Corey back to discuss the yes. actual discuss uh, tactics. semantics <laughs> of this and if he's uh, good at face-offs. I know he plays. I just don't know how he is on face-offs. You do not want me on face-offs. Stay tuned. We'll let you know next week. <laughs> there you go. Coming to an outdoor rink near you. <laughs> Ooh, an outdoor rink? I like the way you think, Jay. Even well, we better. don't have outdoor rinks over here in California, so it's wishful thinking on my behalf. So it's down to Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Massachusetts. Well, you can't count on Ohio. Remember what happened at the or the Outdoor Classic last season? Five hours sun delay. The one day it's actually sun shining in Ohio in freaking March. No one had that on their bingo card. But anyway, that's so maybe Western Massachusetts. We'll just play in the Berkshires in the woods somewhere. Okay. Hey, sounds good to me. I'm in. Now, we'll move on to our last segment. One that near and dear to my heart is three and threes are gone this season. Unfortunately, I it's it's a double-edged sword to me. I think that, sure, it's a lot of work for the team. It's a lot of work for the coaches. It's a lot of work for the players. It's a lot of work for the team employees, the arena employees. But I think... I don't, the reason I don't like them getting rid of this is, first of all, number one, it kind of contradicts what we said last week, is the whole hockey is for everyone argument. Not ever, some of these teams, they only play three days a week. And maybe some people have to work two jobs. They can't make it to just weekend games. and Or they can't make it to just a Friday game. And it's... Um, and then not only that, but it doesn't exactly prepare the players for the life of an NHL player. An NHL player is going to be playing on a Wednesday. They're going to be playing on a Thursday. They're going to be, sometimes they'll be playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or they'll be playing on a Thursday and then a Saturday and a Sunday. But now with the three and three and three is gone. Where does that preparation come into play? I, I, I don't know what you guys think about this. I'd love to hear your thoughts. It's so difficult since the AHL is a very much um, revenue 
I guess, gate revenue, concession revenue league that it is kind of hard to do those midweek games. I'm, I'm in a way kind of happy that the three and threes seem to be going by the wayside just because it is a grind. You are potentially opening up the team to more injuries and things like that. Cause you don't get that at the, the NHL level at all. Um, I do think the teams do try, at least in terms of Cleveland, I know they try to spread the games around, try to do the occasional Monday, Wednesday, Friday type game, um, you know, or they do like a Sunday, Monday, Friday, Saturday with the occasional midweek game um, to try to get to open it up to as many fans as possible. But it's so hard in the American Hockey League and because some some of these poor teams are sharing space with their NHL counterparts. Plus, I'm thinking of the Calgary Wranglers specifically that share with so many other teams or concerts and conventions and all these things that it's so hard for the schedule. And I don't envy the person that has to come up with that, but I don't think it's that detrimental to the league. And I don't think that many people are going to miss out on it. If anyone is missing out on it, I do feel bad for that, but I don't know how much more they could reasonably do to, to, to open it up in a scheduling wise. Yeah, if I could just kind of speak to to my experience with play with uh, working in you know minor league, lower tier hockey is the weekends are where the money is made. Um, I have never liked three and threes. I'm not going to lie. Um, we've had you know there was a situation last season with Josh Dunn. He was called up and sent down and called up and sent down. I think he ended up playing four games in four nights because he played a game for the Blue Jackets and then went down and did three and three for monsters immediately afterwards um Daniel Gushin I think played five games over six nights in a stretch last season because of being called up and sent down like I don't I don't think that they need to I, I get I like I get where you're coming from but playing back-to-backs is already incredibly tough on the body um I think three and threes they're trying to move away from that because the players hate them um and I get like if they're traveling a long way, it makes sense that they want to like do three games and then travel back. But I'm I'm fully okay with them getting rid of of three and threes. I, I see the logic. I do. I will admit that I do see where you guys are coming from. I just I know it's a development league, and some of these guys, if you're if you play on a Wednesday and then you don't play again until Saturday, I just you're gonna be wait, waiting around, waiting to play, getting rusty and. You don't know if you're going to get called up in that meantime. You could score three goals on that Wednesday you got or four goals, not get called up, play on Saturday and be like, oh, uh, nope, never mind. But also how much of that is traveling since it's a bus league? What, like, what? Especially once you get out to like the north, the central, the Pacific – some of these bus trips are long and I was just doing some spot checking of three on threes in the schedule. Um, Toronto Marley's I, I, I feel for you in March. They have a, th- they have two, three and threes back to back from the 15th to the 17th. And then the 22nd to the 24th. Maybe I'm biased in the Atlantic then. I, <laughs> Yeah, when all the teams are close together, like, it's probably easier, but... Could you imagine doing, like, I'm just thinking Texas Stars. That has nobody near them. It's, oh, that's, that's, that's rough. Yeah, their average game is going to Chicago or something like that. Yeah, Chicago, Iowa, maybe out to the Pacific. Ugh. That's a long time to be on a bus. I really hope you like your teammates. <laughs> if you don't, you got a problem on your hands. Uh huh. <laughs> Get the music going. Hey. Does anybody have anything else they want to discuss this week? I'm just excited mm-hmm. for hockey to be back. Like I've I have watched a lot of hockey this week. It's been real fun. 
I can second that. I've enjoyed watching all of the hockey going on. Um, and yeah, this is amazing. I'm just very, very, very happy. And um, props to Matt Sogart for Belleville getting the first shutout of the season. He's currently got... Saves. He was a guy yeah. that I was looking at as well for first shout out. Um, and I forgot to mention in the segment, but yes, he was uh, the guy TM for um, Belleville this weekend. He yeah. was him. He was him. And that's one of the many reasons why I include Belleville on my power rankings, but I realized we hadn't talked about them. So wanted to do that. And yeah, so great job fans um, making the broadcast so much fun to watch. Great job teams. And I'm ready for this next week. Like Wednesday. Um, if you're listening to this on Wednesday morning and you have AHL TV, um, finish listening to us and then go watch Texas and Chicago at 11 a.m. Central, 12 Eastern for a school day game to help you get through your work day. I'm, I'm listen just to us first. I'm excited to talk about this next week. We'll have more games to talk about, that's for sure. More games, more opponents. I'll more. actually get to go cover Hockey Live. I'm excited Cleveland has their home opener against Syracuse. Ugh. <laughs> they always play Syracuse for the home opener, and they very rarely win their home openers. But um, you never know. Think- Maybe you'll have some storylines for us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. More numbers to talk about. Uh, I'm more... I don't necessarily like to talk numbers, but I'll have some, uh, maybe some some interview clips and things like that because they're having their media day this week. So I'll have all sorts of Cleveland content coming your way. Well, it's about time they're having it, right? It's weird having a media day after the season starts, but I'm just excited for the um, for the 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 access. That's what matters. And with that, that'll do it for this week's edition of Calder's Calling. If you'd like to check out our written content, as Dina referred to, of the AHL, please check us out online at ahlnewsnow.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at ahlnewsnow. Please also subscribe and rate our podcast and share it with your friends, family, coworkers, and anybody that you could think of that likes hockey. Finally, we'd like to extend a final thank you to our sponsor, Document Doctors. Until next week, enjoy week two of the AHL fans. UBU, AHL Nation. (laughs) 